From the Museum of Science in Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where experts answer questions from you, our audience. I am your host, Pablo Berenescot. Today, we are answering some of the questions that we have received about lava. To answer some of these questions, I invited museum educator Becca. Becca has a background in geology and loves talking about volcanoes. Becca, welcome to Pulsar. Thank you for having me. I always love talking about volcanoes. So I've seen a couple of active volcanoes in my life and a whole lot more online. They all seem different. Some ooze and move slowly. Others move quickly. Others jump in the air violently. Why does lava look so differently? That's an excellent question. And lava does look very different because every single volcano is different. And sometimes even the same volcano can produce very different types of eruptions. So the main reason why lava looks different from volcano to volcano is the composition of it. Basically, the amount of minerals, the type of minerals, the amount of air bubbles inside of it, all of these are major contributing factors to how this lava is going to flow once it comes out of the volcano. And that's why every volcano is a little bit different, because there are different minerals in different types of volcanoes. And sometimes... Lava doesn't come out where you expect it to come out, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. In fact, um, there are a lot of cases where lava may not even be coming out of the very top of a volcano. It might come out through fissures on the side of the volcano in completely different areas that you may not have seen lava coming out from before. It may even create lava tubes or areas where the outside of the lava flow hardens, but the inside stays molten. So the inside continues to flow while the outside would stay hardened and in this tube-like shell. Other lava flows could actually flow through that in the future, or it could create more tubes, but there really are a number of ways that lava can kind of pop up in some different areas, depending on the type of volcano. I'm glad you mentioned lava tubes, because one of our listeners asked about the presence of lava tubes on the moon. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. We know for a fact that lava tubes exist on Earth. We've seen them, but we don't know for sure about other planets or even the moon. We do suspect that potentially there could be other lava tubes out there. And in fact, scientists have found some parts on the moon that look like they might be entrances to lava tubes through satellite imaging. If confirmed, these lava tubes could help space exploration, right? Yeah, definitely. So here on Earth, we have an atmosphere, um, whereas on the moon, there is no atmosphere like we have on Earth, or very little at least. And so there's very little to block astronauts from space radiation, but also to protect them from those extreme temperature changes. Now, lava tubes could provide an interesting way for this to happen if they are in fact on the moon. If scientists can discover them, perhaps they can create a little bit of a base, maybe so that we could stay on the moon and do some studying a little bit longer, or maybe even to be a little stopover on the way over to explore other parts of the solar system. Now, here's a question from one of our listeners. Can you tell us more about Pele's hair? Sure. This is one of the more popular types of lava. Um, this comes specifically from, well, Hawaiian-style volcanoes. So it gets its name from the Hawaiian goddess of volcanoes, Pele. And the hair kind of looks like hair, but really what it is, is it's just 
strung out volcanic glass. Now, as that lava comes out, maybe these little pieces get into the air and they kind of cool, but then the wind might carry them along and they'll just stretch and stretch and stretch so that they look like thin little strands of hair, but really it's just thin little strands of stretched out volcanic glass. So what would happen if I touched Paley's hair? Would it feel like hair? It would most definitely not feel like human hair. In fact, it would feel like very thin, very brittle pieces of glass, and they would most likely break pretty easily. So it's not recommended that people handle these with their bare hands. However, they are still really cool to look at. And what happens to lava when it cools down? So when lava cools, it actually becomes a rock. It becomes what we call igneous rock. In fact, every single igneous rock out there once came from a volcano. That is what the definition of it is. It's a volcano-made rock. So when lava cools, it's really no different. It just makes one of many different types of igneous rock. And are there any igneous rocks that are easy to identify? There are quite a few rocks that people can look at and you can identify as being igneous. I'll give two of my very favorite examples. The first is obsidian, which is volcanic glass. It's very dark, it's very shiny, it's very brittle and can be incredibly sharp, but it is just cooled lava. And this is an example of something we call an extrusive igneous rock a rock that has cooled on the outside of the volcano. So it came out of the volcano as molten lava, and then it cooled as it was exposed to the air. On the other side of that rock spectrum, we get intrusive igneous rocks. These are rocks that actually cool inside the volcano, so they never even come out as a molten lava. An example of this that is truly an igneous rock even if you really hadn't realized it, is granite. Granite is an intrusive igneous rock. And we can see that by cooling inside the volcano, we get so many more minerals that are really well developed because they've had the time to cool extremely slowly. Intrusive igneous rocks cool very slowly over a long period of time, where extrusive igneous rocks cool extremely rapidly when they're on the outside of the volcano. But those are two rocks, obsidian and granite, that are some of my favorite igneous rocks and ones that we can most definitely identify as coming from a volcano. So what happens to those volcanic rocks over time? Well, so lots of igneous rocks will end up staying exactly as they are, but if they're left completely untouched, like all rocks, igneous rocks can erode, some more easily than others. Some of the softer rocks, something like pumice, which is just a lot of ash that has kind of come together. It's very, um, it's very light. It's very easy to erode. Something like that could actually erode very easily. But something like granite, which is very hard, does not erode easily, and that would take a long time. However, just like Every other rock, igneous rock could turn into sedimentary if pieces of it were kind of ground up in some way, maybe by water, maybe by plates moving against each other. There's a lot of different ways that rock could be ground up. They could be turned into sediments that could then be deposited into sedimentary rock. Or likewise, they could be changed by pressure or temperature and turn into metamorphic rock. So the rock cycle is ever dynamic. Every type of rock could essentially turn into 
another type of rock with different conditions. So did all rocks come from volcanoes? And if that's the case, is it fair to say that the floor was once lava? That the floor was lava. That is an excellent question and a little bit of a tricky answer. In theory, yes. I suppose an idea would be that all of the rocks once came from a volcano. However, there are a number of things that might actually contradict that idea. For one, we've definitely had asteroids and meteors hit the Earth. Those are not igneous rocks, but they could have been deposited into our surface. So those did not start out as igneous rocks. Another contradictory thought is that we don't know what the conditions of Earth were exactly. It's proposed that it was most likely very volcanic, so possibly all of those rocks started as igneous rocks, but because we don't really know for sure, it's a little bit difficult to figure that out. Becca, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I always love talking about volcanoes. And thank you to our listeners. If you would like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a museum educator, please email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. And if you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting app. Finally, please visit www.mos.org slash science matters to support MOS at home. That's it for today's episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon.